This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Subscribe to the podcast Beyond Politics. They host some of the biggest names and smartest minds. Beyond Politics is from a former Democratic congressman who helped ignite Barack Obama's campaign and a former campaign manager and political columnist. They go beyond the usual chatter on politics, news, science, and books. It's politics and everything beyond. On Beyond Politics, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Broadcasting live on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota, in the evening at WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk. It's the Matt McNeil Show for your uh, Thursday. That's what it is. Well, it's hard when it's these, these short weeks. Uh, good to be with you today. Matt Patrick here, a humdinger of a show coming up in the 4 o'clock hour here locally. Uh, Dr. Joe Eastman, our COVID modeling specialist, talking about how we're going to hell in a handbasket right now. So, you know, get ready for rosy sunshine, happy puppy dog unicorn time uh, with him. Uh, Also coming up here in about 30 minutes or so is uh, Cliff Schechter, our national expert in politics, will join us uh, this hour. Patrick, how are you, my friend? Doing well. Glad to be back in after New Year's. I got some great pizza from the Park Tavern. Watched the uh, football playoff games for college. It was a nice, quiet New Year's Day. Okay, can I ask you something? We're not a sports station, but can I ask you something about something I've seen a a buzz in the college football world? Of course. So a lot of people are saying because of this, the transfer portal and stuff like this, that it's it's over. That these, these bowl games, unless it's the top games... That it, and and we're talking about just the call the the p- playoff games, the the final four teams as it is right now, which is going to expand out. But as currently as it is, it's it just there's no point in watching college football bowl games anymore because when the transfer portal opens up, all these teams lose a lot of players, and it you end up having what was that game with Florida State where they got beat by sixty or something like that? Yeah, the Florida State got hit particularly hard with the. Uh, with players transferring, other players who are likely going to be NFL draft picks who don't want to risk getting hurt. So I think uh, part of it's going to be mitigated a bit because they are expanding the playoffs, so you will have some more. I mean, you'll 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 have probably have some players on teams who, you know, we don't really have a chance, you know, mm-hmm. at winning a championship. There's no point. Well, I think, I think definitely what you're heading for. Now, and if, yeah. now, first of all, I want to say this, because this is where it becomes a non-sports issue. I do think athletes get college athletes get screwed over when it comes to the marketing of them by the colleges and universities, you know, for their for their likeness and stuff like that. And and I think that it it is a crime that for many years and not I mean, we can talk about the corrupt system forever and ever. How basically the the star athletes were always getting they got money, they got cars, they had all sorts of things. That was never any question, but it's when you get these people like the track team or the tennis team or, you know, the, the, the division two volleyball player where they're basically having to work out like an athlete, still go to college and still cannot earn any money and yet want to try to go home. And so they're, they're dependent on parents driving and picking them up and stuff. The, the, the system needed to be fixed. 
so, and I understand sometimes the player is moving for very legitimate reasons. Sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, you just had a, a gopher volleyball player transfer in her fifth year to go to Nebraska. Not because of anything else. She says, well, thanks for this. And she's looking for a championship. That's what all that, that's all she's doing. She's shopping for a championship and that's her right. She can do that. But what I think you're going to be looking at is college sports is doomed at this point because what you end up going to have is in each and every sport, there's going to be 10, 15 top teams where every athlete is trying to get to those teams and then the rest. And I think that the, the writing's on the wall with that. So, you know, if you, if you enjoyed it, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. If, I I don't I don't know if you did. Did you watch any good game at all? Oh, uh, the two the two playoff games on Monday were pretty good okay. uh, with Michigan and Alabama, and then Texas and Washington. I won't go into the details. Well, then, those yeah, were good. I would say, hey Iowa, guess what? You didn't lose because of that. Uh, yeah, the guy didn't understand the waving off on the kick uh, on a punt. So, uh, that, by the way, and that was a legit call. You can just just stop your whining, Iowa. Nine five. <laughs> just go look it up, Minnesota Iowa. Just go look it up. Iowa fan is still incredulous. How dare you enforce the rules against us? You know that's kind of how they are. So, nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five. I have to start the show off, as I start off so many of these damn shows, with yet another shooting. Perry, Iowa. Multiple people were shot inside a small-town Iowa high school earlier Thursday as students prepared to start their first day of classes after their annual winter break, said authorities. The suspect in the shooting in Perry, Iowa, has died of what investigators believe was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. A law enforcement official at the Associated Press uh, they're told the Associated Press those details. The official was not authorized to publicly address details of the investigation and spoke on the condition of anonymity. The official also said at least one of the victims is a school administrator. Two gunshot victims were taken by ambulance to Iowa Methodist Medical Center in the state capital of Des Moines. A health system spokesperson said some of the patients were transported, uh, transported to second hospitals in Des Moines. A spokesperson for Mercy One Des Moines Medical Center confirmed declining to comment the number of patients or their statuses. The state capital, about 40 miles southeast of Perry, the town has about 8,000 residents. High school senior Ava Augustus said she was in a counselor's office waiting for hers to arrive when she heard three shots and other people barricaded the door preparing to throw things if necessary with the window being too small for an escape. And then we just hear, he's down, you can go out, Augustus says through tears, and I run, and you can just see glass everywhere, blood on the floor. I get to my car, and they're taking a girl out of the auditorium who'd been shot in the leg. As of July 2021, Iowa does not require a permit to purchase a handgun or carry a firearm in public, although it mandates a background check for a person trying to buy a handgun without a permit. And I'm sure that that's a real thorough, considering how these sheriffs are really cracking down to make sure that gun laws are enforced. I, I'm sure that was a real thorough background check on those permits or for non-permitted gun purchasers. An active shooter was reported at 7.37 a.m. on Thursday morning. Officers arrived seven minutes later. Dallas County uh, you know, Dallas County Adam Infente said he added during the news conference that officers uh, located multiple people with injuries, couldn't confirm how many of them 
there were or their conditions. The enormous number of emergency vehicles surrounding the building and houses both this town's middle school and high school. Xander Shelley, 15, was in the hallway waiting for the school day to start when she heard or when he heard uh, gunshots and dashed into the classroom, according to his father, uh, Kevin Shelley. Xander was grazed twice and hid in the classroom before texting his father at 736. Erica Joliffe said that her daughter, a ninth grader, reported getting rushed from the school grounds at 745 a.m. Distraught, um, uh, distraught, Joliffe was still looking for her son, Amir, a sixth grader, one hour later. I just want to know he's safe and okay, Joel have said. They won't tell me anything. The, the high school is part of the 1,785 student Perry Community School District at this point. Um, 17-year-old student was the shooter who died. Student was killed. Five people were wounded in the shooting. And that's the current numbers. Um. At least one person was killed in a shooting at the school Thursday. The person was a sixth grade student at the middle school. He said during the news conference, five other victims. Okay, so there has been now, besides the shooter, one dead and five other victims. A sixth grader, a sixth grader. Yep, another one of these days. Another one of these days where nothing will happen. Now, if you go to my social media pages, I saw this this morning and I posted, there is an exceptional video that has been put out about the pointlessness of the modern argument whenever we have gun violence. We could stop those gun violence tomorrow. We've already ruled that the Second Amendment has limitations. Scalia ruled that the Second Amendment, Scalia did. That there, there are ways that you can do it. So this whole modern argument that you, the, the, the Second Amendment is absolute and you can't restrict anything, that is just modern garbage. That is the gun and bullet industry saying they were willing to sacrifice every damn one of our kids for their profit margins. And that's all it is. That's all it is. You could regulate this tomorrow. We could do that tomorrow. We in Minnesota... This election cycle actually started putting some common sense gun regulations into, into place. Guarantee you nothing will happen in Iowa because the Republicans control that state right now. Nothing will happen. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. There's a video I posted on social media that talks about the ludicrous nature of the modern Republican reaction where this child falls into a swimming pool and starts to drown. And the mother comes on out doesn't jump in the pool to save the child, just sits down and kneels and prays to God to please help the child, which she could do, but she just instead is using her time to pray to God when she could jump in the pool and save the kid. And then people all around her start looking at her and don't jump in the pool to save the child, just keep looking at her and saying thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, and doing nothing. Number one killer of children in this country is guns, gun violence. Even the Republicans who have come on out and said, oh, it's not the guns, it's mental health. Okay, fine. What are we going to do to stop mental health? Nothing. Nothing at all. They don't want to do a damn thing. 
because any program would cost government, you know, would have to be, you know, funds would have to be spent for it. And at the end of the day, your kids' lives do not matter. The money matters. <laughs> Let me make sure you understand that. They could, they all sit there and they talk about mental health issues need to be addressed. Okay, fine. And I'm not going to disagree with that in any capacity, especially in rural America where there is an absolute desert of mental health professionals to deal with the people in those communities. 100%. Let's, let's get more people trained, get them better payment, uh, basically help them get their, their degrees, whatever it takes, get them out there, incentives to go to a smaller town, whatever the case may be. And they won't do it because that would cost money. And so what they do is they come on out and they'll say, well, we're, going, we're really concerned about this. We're really concerned about mental health. Okay, so spend the money. No, we're not going to do that. We're just going to keep saying we're concerned about mental health after everyone murders someone. Because this isn't the first time they've talked about mental health, has it? No, they've been talking about mental health with every damn one of these shootings. Uvalde, Highland Park. Columbine, for God's sakes. And still today, nothing. The, the epitome of the definition of the word insanity is to see the gun violence that we could stop tomorrow in this country and doing absolutely nothing to do so. Nothing. Nothing at all. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Oh, don't worry. They've already had the people say we should have more guns in schools. Dear Lord. We'll take a break. Come back. It's the Matt McNeil Show. It is the Matt McNeil Show on your Thursday. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Can we tell just, you know, one of the things here, I, I just, I, I appreciate, you know, especially after Ovaldi, I do appreciate when I see law enforcement rush to the scene and rush into the building and go do these things. But can I just say, you know, there, there's, there's a narrative that gets out there because there, there's this feeling like we want to make sure we, we can actually do something about this. That, you know, let me give you this, this, this response. This is Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds, a Republican over there. Thank law enforcement first responders for their first response. Okay, and by all means, that's 100% agree with you there. Their heroic actions today, we can say, save lives. Did it? Because I don't think the, the law enforcement really has anything to do with it anymore. I just think that this is... It's, it's chaos, it's slaughter, it's carnage, and the vast majority of the time, it doesn't seem as if law enforcement is stopping this. It is the shooter themselves who have finally come to the end of their mentally deranged road and have taken their own life, because that seems to be what the case is most of the time. Now, that doesn't say that it's not brave for the police to rush into the building. It's not saying that the, the, the police aren't, are, aren't barely doing this. But I just don't – I think this is a false narrative. It's a blanket. It is a, it's a canard that basically we put out there to try to make ourselves act as if we did something. No, we didn't. The only thing we did is we made sure that we live in a society where a child, a, a, a someone who's 17 years old, can go on out there and somehow, some way, get a gun with basically little or no effort 
walk right into a school and start firing rounds, killing a sixth grader, wounding five other people before they finally take their own life. There is no win here. There is no successful, let's have a victory parade. It, it's just, it's, it is what it is. It's carnage. It's absolute carnage. And so stop trying to turn this into some sort of positive, for God's sakes. See, it's, we have all these, these veils that we put over our faces when it comes to gun violence to act as if, oh, this is, this is you know, the, 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 we stopped it. No, you didn't do a damn thing. And no, no more, more guns is not going to do, it, it's only going to make this worse. Ever since the Republicans have basically turned this country into the Old West and guns have been everywhere, gun slaughter is off the freaking charts. And it's a real convenient argument that they can have out there when they keep saying, yeah, well, we we poured a lot of guns in here and more people are shooting each other. We need more guns. And I'm sorry, the Second Amendment doesn't mean I have to have guns, loaded weapons, jammed in my face 24-7 as some sort of salute to freedom. That is the epitome of of the opposite of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is the 100% opposite of that. I know the vast majority of these guns are owned by a small group of psychopaths, man. Gun kooks. They, they, They like to sit there and fantasize about the zombie apocalypse because then they're prepared. They have 14 guns, even though they got two hands. I, I, good luck with all that. <laughs> I mean, they're maybe they're they're just really ambidextrous with their feet. I don't know, but it's it's just the same thing. Here we are in 2024, and we've been having gun slaughters in this country for 25 years. Our children have been served up for the profit margins of the gun companies and the bullet manufacturers for 25 years. And every single freaking coward in the Republican Party has said, great, freaking Steve Scalise was shot. And he can't talk about how great guns are. Sweet Lord, think about that. That was a tragedy. Absolutely unacceptable. And he's out there today saying, guns are my best friend. Really? They almost killed you. There was one woman who was an online gun kook. And I don't remember what, 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 when this happened exactly. I think it was 10 plus years ago. She was in a car. And her three-year-old found a loaded gun in the, uh, in the back seat somewhere. Picked it up, fired it, and shot her through the driver's seat. And... She she kind of disappeared. I mean, I think she kind of unfortunately had to learn the very hard way that guns are not harmless. And I talked about the fact that, okay, just, okay, let's say she was lucky and it didn't hit the, the heart. It didn't take out the kidney. It didn't take out a liver. It just hit tissue. You still are going to have health problems for the rest of your life because you've been shot. I was in the military. I can... You, the vast majority of people that downplay this gun violence don't have the slightest damn idea what one gun bullet will do. It, 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 the modern bullet 
It's not like you see in these movies where the guy's shot five times. Dude, you get shot in the arm, your arm's pretty much useless. If it's still even freaking attached. If it's even attached to your body at that point. Yeah, that's pretty gruesome, isn't it? But that's what these damn things do. We need common sense gun regulations in place right now. Please. One thing before I, I got, uh, you know, once again, Cliff Schechter coming up here in just about five minutes or so. The I, I did want to mention Florida's top health official, completely unrelated subject to the guns. Uh, his, he's basically drawing scrutiny, urging a complete halt to the use of the mRNA coronavirus vaccines, citing widely debunked claims that the shots could contaminate patients' DNA. These vaccinations are not appropriate for the use in human beings. So the surgeon, or this is a Florida surgeon general saying this. Lopato, uh, Joseph Lopato. Lopato uh, posted a statement on X because, of course, that's where medical people go and post. Formerly Twitter that he alleged that the vaccines are known to be contaminated with foreign DNA, yet proper testing isn't being done by the FDA. Uh, in a letter to Lopato last month, the FDA broke down his claim while calling his concerns that DNA fragments could enter his cell's nucleus implausible. It does not happen. Peter Marks, the director of the FDA Center of Biological Evaluation and Research, cited animal studies with the MNRA technology of the last decade that shows no evidence of genetic toxicity, which damages genetic information in a cell and causes cell mutations. None. None whatsoever. This guy goes on 4chan or Reddit, and basically that's his medical journal. And by the way, if you did not see this while we were on the holiday break, Bill Maher gets absolutely pantsed by Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane basically goes out there and, you know, they, they have this back and forth on vaccines. And Bill Maher represents, I mean, this is the thing about these guys with vaccines. There's two things. One, they don't want to get a vaccine for whatever reason. And I, by the way, I've said, I've said that's fine. You don't want to get a vaccine? Fine, don't get a vaccine. But what they say is they want society to accept their decision to not get a vaccine. And that is not something that's on the agenda. We don't necessarily have to do that. The other thing is they they desperately want to turn the dangers of the vaccine far more more dangerous than the disease itself, which is just not true, which is absolutely just not true. But that's where these people are at. Cliff Schechter coming up next. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Broadcasting this evening on WCPET 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk. There you go. AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. This afternoon live, it is the Matt McNeil Show. And Cliff Schechter is kind enough to join us today. If you're not following the Blue Amp YouTube channel, you are wrong. It is fantastic content, daily content. My God, you worked all weekend, all holiday weekends long, didn't you, on putting out new content all the time on your YouTube page? Basically, we just put out Matt McNeil content at this point. <laughs> That's really seriously from from what we did it, the hour you and I did we had at least three segments. I mean, I figure when I go on a great show like yours, or I go on a you know my friend Bob Seska or others like that, um, I might as well grab the content and uh, and have that be the videos I do because I talk about the same stuff, same crazy stuff I do if I just sit here and stare at a camera by myself and talk to myself like I'm just some guy wandering down the street. 
It's, predicting the apocalypse. It's so, my own personal OnlyFans page. Uh, you can find it Blue Amp Channel on YouTube. Uh, Cliff is there. It's uh, YouTube uh, slash C Schechter. I'll link to all that on the social medias a little bit later on. So yesterday, when the profile of courage that was the Minnesota Republican congressional delegation basically all endorsed Trump yesterday. They used very specific language, which is this is clearly what the entire narrative is going to be for the election cycle. And that is, this is the term they used for Minnesota. Every county's a border county. It is, this is, they, they can't get anything to stick with the Hunter Biden thing. I mean, that's imploding in front of them as they speak. So this is, the border now is the 2024 issue that they're going yep. to just push down everything. It's it's the only thing we're about to hear for the next 11 months, correct? I mean, it looks like it. You know, uh, it, they refuse to do anything. Of course, Democrats tried to put together a package. We've been doing it for years. They rejected a package that 68 senators voted for. The Republican House rejected it in about 2014, 2015. It had everything from more enforcement to penalties for those who, who came into the country without papers and also provided a path to citizenship. It did everything that everybody wanted. So, of course, Republicans didn't vote for it. Now, even one of them, Troy Nels, is that his name? Yeah. One of the idiots, I think he's from Texas, um, was like, I'm not going to do anything to help Biden's approval rating. I mean, the problem with these people is they're so stupid that they say the stuff out loud you're not supposed to say. You're supposed to be like, that was a terrible bill. He just is like, I don't want to help Biden win. I want to bring back the guy with the 91 indictments, who's a judge is a, called a rapist, who has you know numerous uh, uh, has stole national security secrets and is being tried for that, who who has been kicked off of two state ballots for being a seditionist. That's the guy. That's our guy. Um, I mean, the Hunter Biden thing always has been a big joke. They've been, they, they've tried to to essentially create enough muddiness that people wouldn't be able to see it. You know, the difference in people can see the difference because whatever Hunter Biden did, let me talk to you about Roger Clinton and Neil Bush and Billy, you know, uh, Billy Carter. And I mean, this is, you know, as I've said before, Meghan McCain definitely got the gig on The View based upon her deep insight about politics. Um, you know, it's it's ludicrous. And so did Hunter Biden benefit from his dad? Yes. Welcome to America. Uh, Joe Biden didn't do anything wrong. And the, the, the great part is they tried to push China. And now, of course, this House Democratic report came out today showing that Donald Trump made over a million dollars from China. He had a Chinese bank account. Yeah. We know that Ivanka Trump got 41 different trademarks from China. Uh, we know that uh, Trump had all of his products made in China and they paid over a million dollars to his various businesses. So if anybody's in bed with China, it's him, although they'd have to share a place in that bed. It's a very busy bed, kind of like the Moscow Hilton, no. if you will. Um you got to you let uh, MBS from Saudi Arabia in that bed. You got to let Vladimir Putin in that bed. You got to let Erdogan of Turkey in that bed. It is a bed. It's, it's a bed you don't want to be bedridden in because, oh, my, uh, it is a gross collection of dictatorial. Well, I'd use a word, but I can't because you're on. We're uh, on it. Thank monitored you. by the government. We so love you, FCC. Just say jerks. <laughs> Jackasses. We'll go with that. Okay. Uh, 7.8, by the way, going back to the story you you mentioned that just broke from the Times earlier today, $7.8 million. Trump got definitively from foreign countries while president $7.8 million. 
This is the exact same thing they've been desperately trying to pay, you know to pin on to Biden. They can't find a damn thing that he's done wrong, but they have definitive proof that Trump got 7.8 billion. This is why I think they've got to go to the border issue because because they, 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 that's just the garbage now. The Hunter Biden is just it's it's looking like a bigger and bigger joke every day. I mean, remember, according to James uh, Matlock Comer, um, you know, he found that Joe Biden had actually given a loan to his brother, which we all know is very illegal. Oh, no. Nobody gives loans to family members ever. Hate them all. Um, I mean, they're so the thing is, they're so sad. They're so pathetic. They're so dishonest. They're so treasonous. They're so gauche and disgusting. The whole lot of them that. You know, if we had a functioning media and and they they'd be laughed out of office and people would sort of say this is ludicrous, right? I mean, the fact. Sorry, somebody texting me. Thanks. Um, you know that that um, that these guys are actually in positions of power. I mean, you out there watching or listening to this, don't ever get imposter syndrome again, because if James Comer and Jim Jordan and Marjorie Taylor Greene and people like that can actually sit in seats and ask people real questions. Um, I mean, you know, like they're they're not qualified to. I mean, they're not qualified to be sitting asking fourth graders questions, much less anybody uh, about any legal matter. And the, you know, I mean, I don't know. I could just go on. My contempt for them has no boundaries. They're just the worst of the worst human beings. Well, and I'm going to pick up on something you just said, which is the failure of the media to do their job. And as a matter of fact, I mean, immediately, as opposed to really call these guys out and, you know, not really challenge them. Now, all of a sudden they're reporting. It's like they're reading Republican talking points about the border. All of a sudden we have a brand new caravan that's heading for the border. They just I get it. Their numbers got wiped out because of corporate consolidation and they got bought out and, you know, reporters got fired and investigative units got shut down. But can you guys just do something more than print the freaking RNC talking points and act like you're doing the news? Can you please just do that? Well, then if you're a reporter, have some dignity and leave, yeah. you know, or stand up for what what's right. Like John Harwood did, which made he got forced out of CNN because he refused to sit there and play the, hey, if Republicans say A and Democrats say B, it must be somewhere in the middle. As opposed to like the numerous Republicans who've either been under investigation, who've been indicted. Who've, I mean, we have like it's just Donald Trump, right? It's not Byron Donalds, who's a former criminal. It's not Jim Jordan, you know, and, and being investigated for what happened at Ohio State with the race. It's not Jim Comer being accused by his ex-girlfriend of beating her when they were in college. It's a, I mean, we could go on and on. Marjorie Taylor Greene has numerous charges against her, including sedition, in which she almost got kicked off the ballot when she went, had to go to a court. I mean, Lauren Boebert just went running to another district because she can't win in a plus six Republican district. That's too difficult for her. I mean, again, that's what happens after after you watch too much Karate Kid and play wax on wax off in Beetlejuice. See, I can say that, can I? Yes, you um, can. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know what to do because these 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 people are, are are so obviously out of their depth. They're so obviously jokers and clowns and criminals and misfits that. Any honest media that was trying to even slightly do its job would have to point out the vast difference between the two parties. Are there bad Democrats? Bob Menendez, some Democrats that do bad stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but, but the enormous difference between your average Democrat and your average Republican, you know, one comes from a clown authoritarian party and the other, and the other ones are trying to govern. And the media, that again, none of this stuff could happen 
-hmm. if the media did its job, which is, again, to let voters and the people of the country know what reality is so then we can act upon that when we vote, when we go out and we, you know, invest our money and we do various things so that we understand these things as opposed to just pretending everybody's the same because we don't want to take sides as if pointing out the truth is taking sides. Well, and they don't, it, it's it, it's kind of one of those things where it's gotten so bad with some of the media. And by the way, you do your point about you can leave and go. There are a lot of great alternative media outlets right now that are out there doing great news, not only on a national level, but on local levels too. find them. They're out there and support them, subscribe to them because Absolutely. they need your help. But, you know, it, it is it's it's kind of one of those things where the the when you look at this 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 they'll themselves put out polls which will say oh donald trump is winning generation z by 20 points i'm like what freaking planet would you even be on for that to make any sense you you know that black voters are going to go for trump by 40 points they can't even get in the way of their own numbers that say okay that doesn't make any sense that's not right and yet they still run with it and try to push this narrative it's not only that my but, favorite one is when know. they they report something and, and, and one of their stupid polls, which they know is wrong, and they still report it because they did it and they want the clicks. And then they have to even admit in the article that the poll is probably wrong, which I think recently <laughs> happened. I'm trying to remember if it was the Washington Post or the New York Times. I think it was I've both, actually. Some, I think it was both. Probably both. I've reserved, yeah, reserved so much of my ire for the New York Times over the years because they set agendas in so many cities like mine. And I probably think probably yours, where smaller newspapers end up getting a lot of their kind of views and content of what's put out by the so-called paper of record, which it's nothing close anymore. Um, but but now with the Washington Post uh, get pushing Greg Sargent out, who was literally one of their best reporters who reported on the democracy beat, I've now canceled my subscription there too. I'm done with them also. So uh, Los Angeles Times, New Republic, Atlantic, those are some of the ones I'll read. I'll read, as you said, plenty of alternative media. I'll watch your show. You know, I'll, I'll watch YouTube shows, Ring of Fire and and... Jesse Dollamore and Tony Michaels and, and Bob Seska's podcast. I go on Stephanie Miller. I'll watch her show. I'll watch people that are telling the truth. I, I'm yep. done with the, the garbage and the lies um, and the stupid he said, she said. I don't need to be treated like I'm a second grader. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, it may hurt if you tell the actual truth of who is responsible for what's going on. Well, Heartland Signal, Minnesota Reformer, Blue Stem Prairie. I'll throw some other ones out there. Just fantastic. Heartland Signal is terrific. Yeah. I should have mentioned them there. Yeah. I, mean, Absolutely I can sit fantastic. here and mention there are some great uh, folks doing ProPublica has been fantastic. Exactly. But I mean, I kind of feel like if I, I think ProPublica is nonprofit, right? I kind of feel like that's the, the future of this, that we need mm -hmm. to get nonprofit media set up that really actually is interested in covering the news and not just clicks and being stupid both sidesers because it, it's, 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 you know, it's killing our democracy. Uh, Cliff Schechter joining us. So I, I want to get into this and, and this will, after the break, we'll talk more about this as well. But okay, so... Here's what we're dealing with. You have um, we you, you talked a little bit about the Aaron Rodgers thing, where you know this this right group wants to go on out there and they have put every villain from the left in their own mind on the Epstein list. And doesn't matter what gets released, they're always going to believe these are the people that are there. Perry, Iowa, shooting today. A third, at least a third of the posts I saw on on X, Twitter, whatever. A third of them were about it being a false flag operation. It wasn't real. It wasn't really going on. Aaron Rupar, by the way, and not speaking of great journalists that are out there doing a great job, he pointed yeah. out Tom Cotton. Uh, Tom Cotton made a post which was just ludicrous. 
When Donald Trump was president, America was safe, strong, and prosperous. The economy was booming. Working-class wages were growing. Our border was secure. And Rupar says, this is bonkers. The month Trump left office, 80,000 Americans died from COVID. The unemployment rate was over 6%. It is indisputable that the country is in a much better shape now. Yet, once again, Cotton knows he just has to put that out there. And and the media will pick it up and say, well, Tom Cotton says this, but Aaron Rupar says that. And so... Who knows what the truth is? It's not like we have objective numbers, stats, history, science, math, things that are actual sort of definitive things, right? Yeah. Did FDR uh, did FDR declare war on Germany? Who knows? He might have. I mean, but we, we can't determine that. The Republicans say he didn't. Democrats say he did. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what we're dealing with. Well, and the crazy part is that there are so many Republicans, it doesn't matter. I could bring up a pile of of factual things that prove that they're wrong. They'll just ignore that and insist they're right. I mean, we have really got, this is the dangerous part of America right now, is that no matter what reality is, people can warp it to their own needs. And and oh that is God. where it's, things, is, it's getting scary. It's dangerous in many ways. And so I should, I should make sure in case anybody... Um, takes that as slight disinformation. I should point out that FDR declared war on Japan and Germany responded by declaring yeah, war on us. And then, exactly. and then we declared. So we did declare war in Germany, but they declared war on us first. Just thought I'd be clear. Um, but- you, do, you do. Actually, I've got to take a break. we got to take a break here in a second, but I'll let you come back and finish that point. But you are right because... As a progressive, if you do this stuff as a progressive, if you get anything wrong, you get jumped on. But the reality well, if is, they can take it out of context, right? Exactly. Because we did declare war on them, but it was after they did on us. So, you know, our standard line. We are in a very different standard mode than most of the conservatives in this country. Cliff Schechter, kind enough to join us once again. It's the Blue Amp channel on YouTube. We'll take a break and come on back, talk more about this issue, as well as more on Trump as too. It is the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950 and WCPT 820. McNeil show on your Thursday. Cliff Schechter, kind enough to join us once again. The Blue Amp YouTube channel is YouTube backslash C Schechter. I'll link to it all a little bit later on. You need to be following it. Subscribe. Great video content constantly there. You can even look in the right place sometimes there. So that's that's a really like a thought. <laughs> it's a salute to Michelle I've Bachman. I've done so much psychological damage to myself starting a YouTube channel and trying to get the sound right, the picture right, the uh, you forget to change one thing. So sorry, all of you who are watching. And I was looking off, gazing into the distance like uh, Benito Mussolini. Have you you, you seen the count- you, you seen the counterpoint to your image here? I mean, it's it's a, a jar of marshmallow fluff here. Okay, so <laughs> no, <laughs> so, but okay, go ahead. Well, well, let's go back to what I was talking about. One of the things here: not only is the media failing us, that you know th- these guys can put out any talking point. But it is this never-ending feeding machine that, you know, you know they, they're shooting in Perry. Like I said, instantaneously, a third of the comments on Twitter, a third of them. It's a false flag operation to try to cover up the Epstein list. What are you guys talking about? It just, you know, they, there is no level of delusion that these people will not sink to to prevent yeah. themselves from having to realize that maybe, just maybe, this bizarro world they've created for themselves might not be perfect. Look, I've talked about this before. Um, I mean, we, it, it, this has happened in the past where we need to reset certain things. We need to realize when time changed, right? Insider trading was just something you could do. 
until the stock market crashed. You know, and everybody's like, oh, that seems like a bad thing because stocks had only existed for so long. The ability for people to communicate over large distances had only existed for so long. And I'm just saying right now, our free speech rights, which are mostly meant for, you know, most of us aren't on TV or whatever, for, for conversations, we should, we should always have the right to say whatever we want to our friends and whatever, but they weren't made for the modern age of where you can use social media and share disinformation and get people killed. And I don't know how we're going to deal with this, but the truth of the matter is, is that and you get these First Amendment extremists, you can't do anything, you can't touch, even though we do. We, we, when we think things are too dangerous, child porn would be an example. That's not actual activity, it's images. But we've, we've rightfully said it is too dangerous. We're not going to protect it with the First Amendment. We're going to ban it. We ban threatening the president's life. Terroristic threats, if you say to somebody, you're going to come over and do something to them right now, you can't. But in other countries, the United Kingdom, more generalized threats and disinformation and hate speech, prosecuted. Germany, you show a Nazi symbol, you'll go to prison for it. France, they banned pro-Hamas rallies. I'm just saying, I get that that can fall into the wrong hands, but you can also First Amendment your, your republic to death. Mm -hmm. And right now, a lot of people who are not from here, who I talk to, you know, people that are, are, are the equivalent of our politics in other countries are, are sort of shocked that we give disinformation equal protection to information, particularly yeah. now as it's airborne. It's not me standing on a corner with a, with a cardboard box, you know, or cardboard, or I'm sorry, a, a placard yelling, you know, the end is coming, yeah. repent. It is somebody with a million followers telling you not to take a COVID vaccine that will end up getting a certain number of you killed or that it's a false flag. The government's coming for your guns. So people end up, we've heard this numerous times, start shooting at the cops who come to their house because they think it's Obama or they think it's Biden coming in. We, we, we have allowed this to happen. I pointed out again and again that 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 hate crime, that murder who's, I think, convicted to, to life, thank, thankfully, in that African-American uh, shopping market in Buffalo. Yeah. All sorts of Americans are like, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, crazy right-wing lunatics encourage this guy. Only one person that I know besides the guy went to prison, and that was a 18- or 19-year-old in the United Kingdom. Because there, to encourage somebody to say, yeah, you should go you know, commit an act of violence is considered to be a crime, and he's now serving 14 years in prison. But we allow you to do it here. And we're just going to have to grapple with this. Free speech cannot be absolute. And if free speech is the sort of thing, especially with our easy access to guns, that is getting people killed, that is getting people not to take shots they should take, if people don't know where trusted sources of information are coming from, and they're, I mean, you can't, I'll just say this, we will fall as a democracy. You cannot have a democracy when the vast majority of your people are not getting truthful information are relying on bad information. And and when you get a, uh, like the the surgeon general of the state of Florida saying vaccines can't be trusted, now you right. have someone whose job is the public safety doing right. something undeniably which is against public safety what for what appears to be troll clicks on their social media accounts because that would be why he 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 announced this on Twitter is that it's right. it's not about it's not about healthful health policy, it's about who likes me now. Right? I mean, it's it's clicks. It's you know, it's clout. It's can I monetize my the size of my following? Yeah. Can I go join the right wing gravy train and go speak at all the 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 mouth breathing, knuckle dragging conventions like CPAC and you know garbage like that? We you know easy payouts to buy you know what's his name Matt Schlapp, the guy who well like I don't think we can talk about what he did here. Let's just say mm -hmm. he likes to sexually harass men. 
uh, or at least he's been charged with it. How about that? Allegations. Allegedly, allegations. Yes. Right. He has allegedly liked you, but now uh, likes you, but he's been charged by numerous folks. Now, like it's just, I mean, we're we're in this crazy place where people benefit financially from cow-cattling to this crazy couple percent. Because remember, you don't need to win an election and get 50%. You get a couple million people that are willing to buy your piece of crap book or go to your stupid conference or do, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, you make a ton of money. And that is the world we're now living in. And again, at some point, we're going to have to grapple with this. Um, I mean, we look, we do. I mean, look, I'm sitting here right now on your show, and I know if I say the F word, you'll get in trouble. Clearly, the government can regulate some speech. Frank chosen to say <laughs> you can share any disinformation. Apparently, my saying the F word is worse than somebody sitting here and actually saying um, to telling you not to get a COVID vaccine so that you may die. Well, and it's and going going with something else you said. We have to understand how fringe these people are. You brought up Lauren Boebert. She can't win in a plus six R district. She has to go to a right. plus 14 R district, and she still isn't a shoe in over there. But this is a fringe group. But the media's irresponsibility is they make them look mainstream. Yes, they give them equal coverage to you or me or really anybody else who who's sharing actual science or you know legitimate opinions like you know the Civil War happened because of slavery. Heaven forbid uh, we actually learn the history. Yeah, crazy, crazy notions like that. Uh, um, and, and, yeah. Well, we'll have to stop there because we're at the end of the show. But I want once again, you want to hear more of this? Cliff Schechter is exceptional. The Blue Amp YouTube channel. Go find it. I'll link to it later. See Schechter on YouTube. Cliff, Come to my channel. I'll look in the right direction. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> You're fantastic, Cliff. Uh, Cliff Schechter, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Bye, Thanks. Chicago. Minneapolis, St. Paul, Hour 2 up next. <music> Hour 2 of the show here. It is the Matt McNeil Show on your Thursday. Dr. Joe coming up here at 435. For I'm sure it's going to be a positive. No, no disease whatsoever. <laughs> I'm going to just spend the rest of the show in the fetal position underneath the desk. Dude, I have you. Okay. So Patrick, today I was at the grocery store. I'm walking through. Do you know I mean? It sounded like I was in a 1920s medical unit. There was just coughing everywhere. Oh man. Oh God. I'm like, ha ah, ah. I'm, Hey, I'm all vaccinated. We've got the kids all vaccinated. COVID flu, all of it still, you know, there's only so much you can do. I, yeah. You got be careful out there. Be careful out there. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Uh, would you ever have a vanity license plate? I do not think so. I've seen ones that I go, yeah, I could go for that, but I never think of them on my own. But you kind of realize, well, if they already have it, then I can't have it. <laughs> I think the Minnesota plates don't look bad, though. I mean, it's I mean, it's not New Mexico. New Mexico's got great license plates. Oh, absolutely. New Mexico's got great license plates. There are a few other states that are really good. But, you know, it, it's not bad. It doesn't look really bad. Um uh, the Utah's got a good one too. Utah doesn't have a bad one. Um, they have the new blackout license plate. Uh, there's 1,600 of them have been purchased in the first two days of sales. So this is just a black and white version because, okay, I don't, I don't know. Doesn't Iowa have a blackout plate that kind of inspired this? <sighs> well, I guess so, but, you know, we're a lot cooler than Iowa, so. <laughs> 
Uh-oh. <laughs> I can, uh, we, we are I, definitely uh, are. We are. I mean, it just, I'm sorry. It is. Your corn and pork chops, you can't beat them. They're absolutely fantastic. And you guys make a mint of money on the on being first in the nation in the politics. But no, you know, Prince. All right. Just end of story, end of discussion. We're done talking then. All right. Uh, more than 1,600 Minnesotans got the blackout license plate. The throwback plate, is it throwback? Can we do a throwback on a license plate? I mean, there were the days, I mean, when I was a kid, I remember the all the license plates were either white and you had a different color that went with it. You know, it was like red was the color of the stencils. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, so were there black license plates back then? I don't remember that. I don't know enough about the history of Minnesota's license plates. I'm sure there's some website that just yeah. details more than you'd ever want to know. God, yes. And God bless you. And we'll another, no, we're not going to criticize you. You know why? Because there are days like this where we need to go take a look at it. So you keep up the good work there, license plate guy. Uh, several new designs available for Minnesota drivers under changes passed last year. So I guess we're going to have not like 900 different versions. Applications of the specialty plates, which cost about $45 more than the normal version, debuted online January 1st and at the registrar's offices on January 2nd. Minnesota Driver Vehicle Services Division processed the 1,656 requests for the plates by the end of the first full day of the in-person sales, a spokesperson told Axios. That's just under 20% of roughly 8,500 total plates issued over the same period. High interest can boost the state's agency's bottom line while sales of many of the state's 100-plus specialty plate designs benefit specific causes. Fees from the blackout versions will support the DVS operations. So there you go. Thanks, Department of Vehicle Services. Uh, sale. Okay, so uh, by the way, can I just say this? Matt's, Matt's tip, okay? If you're going to go get the extra money for a license plate, don't put it on a car that's all beat up, Okay. <laughs> It, it it causes me to question your judgment. I'm just going to say this. If I see your back quarter panels a different color, you, you know, you've got factory rust on the floorboards, you know, you got a garbage bag on the window and a vanity plate, uh, your, your, your vanity is misguided, my friend. You know, like a 25-year-old Ford Taurus that's trying to make itself look like it's not 25 years old. The entire back bumper is ripped off, yeah. It's got three spares on it. No, don't be putting a vanity plate on that. Do not be putting a vanity plate on that. Just put a regular plate on it and put your head down and just keep going. It's not going to make your life better. I'm just, I mean, someone has to tell you. Sometimes the truth is hard, but sometimes you have to tell you there. The sales of new plates commemorating pro sports teams and the Lions Club Oh, that's a few decades late are tra uh, trailing the buzzy blackout design so far. The stats show I mean, it's by the way, the black plate is is definitely a 1600 there. Vikings plates 174, Twins plate 72, T Wolves plates 39. That's going to be going up after this season, I guarantee it. Wilds plates 34. That's probably going to be going down after this season. The Lions Club has got three. There are three people that got Lynx plates. Now I'm going to just call it right now. The Lynx plates. You're going to have something pretty freaking unique there. So solid choice. I'm going to. You're going to. You're doing well there. So enjoy. But. Uh, there you go. 500 different license plates. So you have to, you know, what state is that from? Used to be fun. We, when I was, a, when the kids were young. One of our, one of the things we would do is when we go to the Mall of America, we'd drive through the parking lot and just count how many license plates from other states we could have. 
Now it's I need to have the Pythagorean theorem to basically be able to dictate. All right, that's a that's a, a no, Nebraska plate issued in November of seventy two celebrating the orchid. Okay, all right, there you are. Ah, takes the fun out of everything. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. By the way, if you want to put fun back in your life, Bing, there it is. It is the AM nine fifty. 2024 calendar, and by the way, I'm going to show you this picture. This is a picture I took last year at uh, the, um, there you go, at the St. Paul Winter Carnival. Beautiful ice sculpture there. Just gorgeous. I actually love that picture. Uh, matter of fact, uh, that was a debate. This, this was the debate. This might have been the front cover. The January picture might have been the front cover. Um, you can get one of these calendars. Hey, you still need to get a, a stocking stuffer for someone just a smidge late, you're on the Eastern Orthodox calendar. Hey, we got you covered. Head over to AM950 Radio, okay? Go to the, uh, the, the subscriber page that become a sponsor of AM950. Very Many different levels there. Once you become the sponsor, you yourself can get yourself uh, as a thank you, an AM950 calendar if you're sponsoring at certain levels. So go check it out and enjoy. A lot of people like them. A lot of you guys like them. I yeah no I'm lost I you know I I I'm I'm stunned you guys still like them as much as you do but you guys eat them up I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here we're going to have a 2025 version of this so enjoy uh, thank you very much to all the people that have gotten some fo- them so far I've had one or two people ask me to sign them I can do that for you if you would like enjoy and help sponsor AM950 the progressive voice of Minnesota. Now, I if you do notice I'm going to go back to this and this is yeah obviously for the radio audience you can't see this. Look harder at your radio. No. Don't do that. Watch the road. Okay. So, I'm showing you this picture of this ice sculpture at the St. Paul Winter Carnival because I have a feeling you might not be seeing too much of that uh in the way of things going out there. This is a story from the racket. This year should have been this M Castle. Good good story here. This year should have been the high point for the Lopet Foundation. In February, the organization which stewards the trails at Theo Worth Park, in addition to organizing year-round outdoor programs, is hosting the FIS Cross Country World Cup, a fact that has been the source of pure excitement across U.S. skiing. Indeed, it has. Lopet Foundation Executive Director Claire Wilson remembers working with race organizers to push their proposed date back from March to February, a time frame she felt confident in. She was wary of the weather too late in the winter, but had the park not ever not been able to make cross-country ski course in February? Turns out there's actually a scenario where, the, there's actually where that happened, she said, laughing ruefully. In December 28 newsletter, Wilson shared her concerns on the ground they've lost in World Cup preparations at Theo Worth this year, along with a few bleak photos of the meager ski trail they've been able to make in the historically warm December. I think we're somewhere prepared for a low snow year for an El Nino, but we're not quite prepared for the strength and severity of the weather, Wilson tells Racket. Not having natural snow combined with no prolonged colder temperatures has sort of decreased, increased the pressure to be able to frankly have the World Cup course. The Lopet is one of the number of outdoor institutions in Minnesota that are struggling this winter. In December, organizers announced the Minnesota Ice Festival would not take place in 2024 during an extended forecast featuring uncharacteristically warm winter conditions. On Tuesday night, the John Beergrease Sled Dog Marathon was canceled for 2024. And Wednesday, the Klondike Dog Derby in Lake Minnetonka made the same call. 
given current conditions in the long term. And, and have we had how many ice flows today on Red Lake have we had with 50 fishermen stuck on the damn thing? seriously don't look at me like oh yeah, that's kind of glib no this is what's for freaking going on and no it's not normal republicans who are basically strapping on your damn knee pads for the fossil fuel industry if you guys had any concern at all for your constituents we wouldn't be in this mess right now a lot of people in minnesota are losing money left and right thanks to republican policies on ignoring climate change just disgusting. Uh, the skating rinks will reliably pop up around the Minneapolis-St. Paul each winter. They won't be ready for several weeks at, weeks at the earliest. I mean, there's one that's right by my house. Not, not even close right now. Larry Umphrey, director of the Aquatics, Athletics, Ice Arenas, and Golf for the Minneapolis Park and Rec Board, says they aim to have the rinks ready to go by winter break each year with a target date around December 20th. While he said Tuesday that facility teams... Facilities teams will start flooding rinks this week. At this point, it's going to be around a couple of weeks, give or take, before sports like outdoor hockey and broomball can commence. It's not as easy as getting out the hoses a day or two. The ground needs to be frozen, then the teams apply layers of layers of water over a span of weeks. Ideally, low temperatures should be in the low teens or single digits with highs that still below freezing. Looking ahead in the next few days, forecast of 36 uh, today on Friday and 37 on Saturday. Has Humphrey and his crew is a little nervous. The forecast seems likely to claim or at least postpone more winning victims over the coming weeks. The U.S. Pond Hockey Championships are scheduled to take place on Lake Nokomis beginning uh, January 18th. Reporting for the lake last night, Fox 9 viewers uh, the cold swimming pool that is the lake at the moment. We haven't thrown the towel, Humphrey says, of Minneapolis ranks, adding that maintenance crews are working hard to give folks an enjoyable and abbreviated season. Not since joining the Parks Department in 99 have we complete warm out, though, such a thing is you know, thought such a thing was possible if conditions didn't improve. If we get rain, for example, or a heavy snowfall before the rinks are finished, I would imagine at some point a warm out could happen. We haven't reached it yet. As for the Lopez World Cup, I mean, it's true that the course uh, we could be worse. Wilson laughs because what else can you do? This is basically the worst case scenario, but we're just going to make snow and make snow as hard as and fast as we can. You are now seeing something that I, I, I've never seen in my life. I'm 55. I've never heard of anything like this. It's January. You can't get ice rinks in Minnesota. <laughs> to understand, and, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, to understand how warm it's gotten. Back in the 19, late 1940s and early 50s, when my dad was a student at the University of Minnesota, there were snowy owls that nested on campus. Snowy freaking owls nested on the quad at the U. You could not go out. My dad would say, you could not go outside and had to use the tunnels at the campus from Christmas until Valentine's Day. I see, I was over by the U the other day. People walking around in freaking shorts. And there's a lot of people who, who, who like to get out there every time you say, wow, it's getting hot and say, so it's a little bit warmer. Oh no, I have to only wear a t-shirt. You notice how they're all shutting up right now? 
because they don't have an answer to this. And when you go back to what Cliff and I were talking about last hour of the, the, the failure of the media, why aren't people going out and putting microphones in front of these places and talking about, you've got a lot of businesses here in your district that are based on winter being winter, whether that's snowmobile sales, whether that's ice fishing. What are you doing to to offset? What are you going to do to offset the losses that these businesses are realistically taking? Now, it, good news is it sounds like this weekend, at least in the, the Arrowhead region, they might get some snow. Heaven forbid. It's January 4th. We would go on out. I, I remember uh, I remember thank, one weekend was with Thanksgiving weekend we were out in the rinks. Thanksgiving. I don't even have Thanksgiving leftovers in my freezer anymore. We, I get it. It's a really bad El Nino year. And yeah, next year might be a little cooler. It might have some snow on the ground. But the reality is, is that you take a look at the warmest years. They're all within the last 20 years. This is, this is getting worse and worse. This year is off the freaking charts. My God, it was 50-some degrees on Christmas, and it was raining, and raining hard. There's open water. I was out on uh, today. My, my son and I went out to, to Medicine Lake in Plymouth. We were hi- out hiking there in French Park up the north side there. Open water up there, January 4th, open water. And, yeah, no cross-country ski trail up there. The sledding hill. <laughs> There's a sign that says sledding hill closed. And considering the sledding hill is dirt, I would say I don't need know if you need the sign. Hopefully you don't need the sign. Little Billy is going down, and he's going to get a few bruises on the way down. Republican Party of Minnesota, what are you going to do? Are you going to take climate change seriously? Or are you just going to let all the businesses in your districts, which depend on a cold winter, to keep their doors open? Are you just going to tell them to, to screw you? Is that, is that what your whole mentality is? Because that seems what your mentality is. So Democrats, when the, when the Republicans, if they ever do get a spine and come back and they say, businesses in my district are hurting because it's too warm then make them sign on to a climate change bill with some real freaking teeth in Minnesota. Then, by all means, let's help those businesses out. But let's, let's not just deal with the bleeding wound. Let's, cut, let's deal with the cause of the damage. Climate change is going to destroy everything if we don't start acting with some freaking haste at this point. For God's sakes, look around. God. The Republicans are just so annoying on this. But you know what? Their, their whole mentality is when when it becomes undeniable and they can't deny anymore, that they're, they're just hoping that you shouldn't play the blame game. We just need to get answers now. Oh, yeah. Not a fan. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. I, I, I'm just, I, I don't want to live in a warmer climate. I had a, a friend of ours who came from Houston. <laughs> and 
uh, we, we asked her, what's her idea of a perfect evening one night? And she says, oh, I don't know. The sun's just gone down. It's 85 degrees and the sun's 85 degrees. That's your perfect evening. Dear Lord. Just, just a pool of sweat. I get it. You live in a warmer climate. It, it's a different experience. I, like I said, last year, at the end of last year, I was down in New Orleans. It's, it's humid as the day is long down there. It's, it's pretty amazing. That being said, I live in Minnesota because I like Minnesota. I like my springs, I guess, gray and dirty and wet. Uh, <laughs> but they are nice. Come mid to late April, the grass greens up. You start seeing daffodils. The tulips come in. It starts looking nice once you get out to, to, to May. Summer, spectacular. Summer in Minnesota is one of the great experiences that I think every person should ever experience on the planet because it is absolutely spectacular. Fall, I mean, it's, it. you know, I've been out in, the, in, the, in New England when the leaves are changing out there, and it truly is. If you've never done that, it is spectacular. But Minnesota gives a good run for its money on all of these. I mean, my God, I have seen some years. I mean, take a look at October's picture in this upcoming calendar. That was at Lake Minnetonka Regional Park. It was unbelievable how pretty it was. And winter, somewhere around December 10th to December 20th, we start getting snow. Stays on the ground. Things freeze up. It looks pretty. Christmas is, you know, you know, rolling white hills of freshly clean snow with some Christmas lights on there. Sparkling lights at night if the clouds are are, are clear, the skies are clear. You got the 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 the, the kind of the, the the ability for all of us to look out the window even when it's snowing and say, yeah, and at least it's pretty. But here, what we got now, and the fact that we still get. I mean, to a point, I can understand these fishermen up on like Lake of the Woods and at Red Lake. It this is so hard for them to imagine this is this is apocalyptic in their mind i mean they, they you know ice fishing on red lake well that's something we start doing you know generally in the first weekend of december it's thick enough for me to drive the truck out there it's thick enough for me i mean i'm having to go get one of the gas augers because it's going to be the ice is going to be so thick by especially by the time i get down to the 20th or so how many how many people will go and set up a christmas tree on the ice house Go spend much time out there. Watch a Vikes game out there. Unless you got pontoons on that sucker this year, you ain't going to be putting it out there. And we are not only a month behind. They don't even have decent ice up there. I mean, it's it's like where we're supposed to be in mid-November up there. I can understand to a point why these guys are they're you know risking it because they just I think it's so impossible for them to fathom. This idea that this is the new normal. And no, no, don't come to me. 25,000 years ago, Matt, wait a second. First of all, aren't you the guys that say that dinosaurs were walking around with the human beings about 5,000 years ago? Uh, anyway, 25,000 years ago, Matt, there was volcanic eruptions and a meteorite. So that was a little bit warmer then. What are you going to do? I, I, I don't know. Break Pangea up? I, I, <laughs> I don't know what your argument is. Because 25,000 years ago, I, I think most people were just trying to get food. 
I think what what the humans were at that point were just trying to, hey, what are we eating tonight? I don't know. Not me. We're going to go find something outside to eat. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Well, unless you're into that. Right? I, mean, I don't, I don't want to go down that path. But needless to say, there was a lot of things that were on their mind. They weren't necessarily keeping up-to-date temperature gauges. Let's just put it that way. No, we are living in strange, strange times, man. And the longer we keep burying our heads in the ground because there's no snow there. I mean, we, we should be able to bury our heads at least in a snowbank at this point. Ain't, ain't going to happen. The longer we keep burying our heads in the ground and keep insisting this is nothing, well, if you want to live in Springfield, Missouri, move. Stop trying to convince me this crap sandwich is delicious. Stop. You don't want to be here. You want to be someplace warmer. Get out. I want Minnesota like it used to be, where we actually had seasons, and it wasn't an Oklahoma Christmas. 952-946-6205-952-946-6205. Hey, with the positivity, let's keep it rolling, because it's time for an illness and COVID update from Dr. Joe Eastman. Dr. Joe joins us when we do come back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. By the way, if you listen to one of the great holiday shows we had, matter of fact, the one we aired on Tuesday, January 2nd, one of the interviews we had that day was Dr. Joe Eastman, our COVID modeling specialist. But we talked more about general issues. Uh, considering the healthcare world seems to be kind of going into hell in a handbasket, I said, hey, how about an upbeat visit with him right now to give us the full details on how great things are going in the United States right now when it comes to respiratory illnesses? And Joe is like, oh, gosh, are you sure? And I said, yes. So Dr. Joe Eastman is kind enough to join us today to give us the full details. Dr. Joe, I hope you had a wonderful (laughs) holiday. Well, even that was a little grim, but <laughs> That's, it's. But am I? I'm not too far off here, you know. <laughs> you, you know, you don't do you don't do a you know a, a song and dance routine into a dirge. You know, it's just it just it's, it, it, it you kind of have to set things right. I'm not crazy. There, this is this this spike we are seeing right now is is pretty scary. Correct. Oh gosh, yeah. Um. I'd say the uh, first Omicron. I think we're gonna we're gonna be in second place with this one. But uh, when we re- try to return to a baseline of uh, an average baseline, I, we're not gonna hit it for months um, because there's too much coming on the back end of this thing right now. <laughs> oh boy. Well, yeah. okay. So the, let's let's talk about because this really kind of is a perfect storm. We have a respiratory illness. We got the flu. We have COVID. So you have multiple respiratory issues, illnesses that are, are, are circulating. You have, I mean, I think the flu shot numbers don't seem like they're that far off, but the COVID in uh, the vaccine numbers are way down. I mean, the, some groups have definitely stepped up, but I mean, at the same time, they're not where they should be. Hardly anyone's masking, hardly anyone's socially distancing and putting all three of these things together. This is why things are getting bad, correct? Yeah, you're you're spot on. That, that uh, you know, just the latest update on flu view, which is December thirtieth. Uh, we had a sixteen point one percent increase in positivity for uh, influenza A, 
and uh, the outpatient respiratory illnesses are up 6.1%. This was December 30th, so um, it's it's gotten worse since then, and I expect it will will continue for a few more weeks of possibly longer um, of these extremely high levels. Uh, it's, it's pretty frightening. I had a question. Someone asked a question, and I, you know, I'm going to put it to you. I think you've actually explained this over the years, but you know, we sh- we should try to kind of revisit some things at times. Um, they said, "Okay, so you get a flu shot, and the flu shot is pretty good at keeping the flu away. The COVID mm-hmm. shot isn't the different. It, it you know, it 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 doesn't mean you're not going to get COVID. It's basically a decent chance you're not going to get a severe case or have to be hospitalized or, God forbid, die." It's, it doesn't mean you're not going to get it. So why don't you take, I mean, and, and this is backpedaling a little bit, but I think it is sometimes good to revisit things, especially if we haven't talked about them in a while. Why, what is the difference between those two? Why is the flu shot far more effective than a COVID shot is? Well, and, and that's beginning to be a question in itself now because um, we're seeing a lot of co-infections. If you get both of them at the same time, you're in for a pretty rough ride. And, um, you know, in the past, the flu has done a fairly decent job, but we're, I, I was just looking at Italy and they are already su- surpassing last year, blowing right past it. Um, incredible wave going on there right now. There's a, over 145 ambulances just sitting on the side of hospitals in Rome because they couldn't deliver their patients. Wow. Uh, the same thing's going on in France. Uh, and one other disturbing thing that I just just read the other day is um, with COVID, the uh, the latest round of boosters. You know, it, if you're not exposed to a huge load of virus load, there's a good chance you will fight it off. But um, that's that's not always the case, especially with like you say, us not mitigating things properly with masking and then and the HVAC systems keeping air clean in public spaces and such. Um, but the uh, the scary thing is this JN1 that's uh, causing all the havoc right now. If you look at uh, this recent study, it um, you're almost in the same boat if you don't even get a vaccine booster because it is, it does not see it. it instead of uh, like a 35% efficacy in preventing bad outcomes, we're probably dropping at least the half that, that size with um, that magnitude with the, uh, the Jan one uh, variant that we're dealing with right now. A, a few things off of what you said, uh, let's go back to Europe right now because, okay, it wasn't that long ago we were they, they they had experience with this i i it is first of all is there any place in the united states that's having a, the reactions that the european capitals are uh i i think new york will probably be our first uh, kind of bellwether it's starting to they're, they're going to blow by the hospitalizations i believe of of the 2021 surge back when hospitalization rates were about an order of magnitude larger so what you're getting is just a sheer number of infections that are going to cause just as many, if not more, hospitalizations compared to that first deadly wave that we had in 2021. Um, but Europe, they, you know, France thought, oh, gosh, we're doing pretty good. And, and uh, Italy was thinking the same thing just recently. 
And then all of a sudden, the uh, the influenza started uh, going absolutely crazy there. Uh, they're probably co-infections, it would be my best guess, but they're not testing, you know, in hospitals for for uh, COVID infections like they were before. And France just had, they, they had a similar situation the other day. And uh, last I saw, that they had about 100 ambulances sitting out in the Paris region looking for a place to deliver their patients. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not, we won't probably see the, 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 well, I can't even say that now because it's getting so complicated, but uh, I don't think we'll reach the death, the mortality rates we had in the, in the very first peak we experienced um, when the death rates were almost to order of magnitude higher at that time, too. So, um, yeah, we're looking at sheer numbers driving this, this whole situation right now. And, and one encouraging thing is the RSV vaccine, and I, I don't want to say this too early, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. I, it almost looks like it, it's working to some degree. Um, and, uh, you know, as an anecdotal thing, my daughter was just at the, at, at the uh, pharmacist getting a bunch of shots before she goes on a cruise. I can't believe she's doing this. But, um, and uh, the line for RSV was incredible. And the flu shot was about half that size. And then COVID shots were just minimal. And, um, boy, uh, people, you know, they just, they really don't have a concept of what is going on right now, thanks to our leadership that is ill-informed us all. So, um, I mean, about I don't want I don't want to downplay the RSV, but it, it sounds like what you're saying is we, we need to be paying far more attention to the flu and the COVID right now. As, you know, pay attention to all three of them, but... It sounds like what you're saying, and especially when you're you're talking about a a twofer in 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 Italy and France, where they're getting COVID and flu, uh, the worst team up ever. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I I think I mean it sounds like that that should be where our focus is at right now. I I agree 100 percent with that. I mean uh, even in our, our state of Minnesota, I was just looking at the latest um, upload of the uh, JN1. Um, Variants and uh, the lineage is coming off of that. And Minnesota, get this, is second behind New York in the 30-day trends that are uh, that are occurring right now. I just about fell out of my chair when I saw that. I, I didn't expect that at all. Um, Texas and California are right behind us too, but uh, it uh, it's going to hit different parts of the country. And I went over this a lot before at, at different times. And that's why our baseline is just going to continue to be high after a big initial peak driven by the, the largely urban populated areas of the country. Um, is Do you think Minnesota is doing so badly because it's been so warm? I mean, it's kind of one of the things we've, we've talked about this before in the past years when it gets colder and you're outside. I mean, it doesn't. It, you know, it's, 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 you know, if it's 10 degrees outside, it's, you know, it's not much can go from one person to the next, really, unless you're really close. Uh, is, do you think that that's playing a role here is the fact that it's been so warm through December? You know, I, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I think that does play quite a bit of role. We're not driving anybody inside, but the weather we've had the last couple of months, that's for sure, my my lake is still open. I got open water. Wow. Uh, I've never seen this before at this time of year. 
I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone in a few hundred years has seen this. I got to be honest with you. I don't think anyone's seen this in a long, long time. Yeah, I know. Economic hit. Um, maybe that will wake a lot of people up. We'll start to realize uh, what's going on. Governor Wall should be on top of this, and um, and the CDC. I mean, all I hear out of them is crickets right now. Where? Where in the heck are they? <laughs> well, I mean, and, I mean, is this okay? I I posted that 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 back and forth between Bill Maher and uh, Seth MacFarlane, and the the, the very quality. And, and MacFarlane brings up the point. He said, "Aren't don't you feel as if the politicization of this of the vaccine of basically Trump turning people against the COVID vaccine and 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 using this as as a villain in his scheme?" that the dangers of that are that we're going to have another outbreak at some point, or we're going to have a revisiting, a massive revisiting as we seem to be doing right now with COVID and people are just not going to care. And far more people are going to die because of this, this idea that ignorance is somehow a virtue. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's precisely right. And uh, yeah, thanks for posting that. That was, that was a good watch. I, I even put it in my newsletter yesterday. It was uh, so fun to watch. Uh, Bill Mars becomes so so arrogant and egotistical. I can't hardly watch him anymore. Yeah. But uh, but that that is what's happened. I mean, um, it's, and you know, and that's the other thing with what I just said earlier with the uh, the new booster vaccine. Uh, we almost got to be updating these faster. The virus just keeps outrunning us. With these new variants, and um, but in the past, if we would have really stressed it, and, and people would have would have you know got their jabs in timely matters and mass quantities, we'd be a hell of a lot better off than we are right now. And we we had a chance to really nail this thing in the uh, middle of the summer, and then the vaccine rollout kept getting delayed, and um, you know the the whole. Um, you know, dissemination of information by the CDC was awful, and like you say, this whole politicization of this uh, of this pandemic, which the WHO says still is going on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, and you br- you bring this up, and you have not pulled punches, and there's been major failures by the Biden administration, the Walls administration. Let's go back to the politics. I mean, I, I get the strong impression that both of those organizations are somewhat hesitant i might even go terrified of trying to address this issue because they know that the second that they do for god's sakes republicans jumped on gas stoves when basically stories came on out that said maybe you know the gas fumes are not the safest thing and they all of a sudden turned that into an issue if you come on out and say (laughs) we need to start getting vet masks again i think that both walls at the state level and biden at the national level are terrified of basically this all becoming a, a, a major issue in this upcoming election. And the Republicans are just chomping at the bit to basically run against this as that, oh, here you're, you're, you're fear-mongering COVID again. Hey, yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the border situation. You know, they, they love to have these these things that divide us so, so much because it enhances their ability to retain power. And, um, you know, that's there comes a time when you just can't put your own personal political interests above the health of our people. It's just, it's absolute insanity in my mind. And, uh, 
I'm not sure how we're going to get out of this. People are going to see what's going on right now and really, really start flipping out, I think, and, and, you know, and uh, rise up, I hope. Well, it's all we can do. It's it's kind of one of those things where it's the Republicans just, they don't want to deliver solutions because they don't have any. And so they, they can't, they, they, so the only thing they can do is try to scare people or gimmick them into voting for them. And that's where we're at right now. And, and, it, and it's kind of scary because, you know, we, we, we are at a point now where, I mean, I, I got into a discussion over the holidays, Dr. Joe, with someone about the, the, the polio vaccine and said, if this mentality existed back then, we would have people insisting, I would rather have my kid have polio than get the shot. We would have people screaming about, how dare you try to put the iron lung industry out of business? You would, you know, it would, it, it would, it would, it would be madness. And yet back then when it came down to I me, mean, I, like I said, I think that the pro- part of the problem here is that, that there's, there's just such a selfishness within our society right now that they don't care if people die because of their irresponsible behavior. They just want to basically have society and, admo- you know, not admonish them for their irresponsible behavior. Oh gosh, that is so true right now. Um, and it just, just keeps fueling the, the whole fire as we go along. I mean, one one thing that I, I think would be a wise idea is um, after like our, our um, we've had this holiday break and uh, we're we're sending the kids back to school. Maybe we should have like a two week period where it's at home schooling. I mean, it's going to be widely unpopular, but don't let them let their infections subside. Before they uh, they go into school and spread it around some more, um, just small steps like that even would 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 help uh, suppress what's going on right now. But no, they're they're going to take their uh, holiday gathering infections and and uh, rapidly spread them in the schools, and that's that's where it all kind of bubbles up mm-hmm. in a lot of senses. You can almost look at uh, school timings across the globe; they're all different. Almost every country, the the new well, the surges come after after schools reopen, and then after they take holiday breaks and and come back again, and it's just a vicious cycle that we keep repeating and repeating. I I I I, I couldn't agree. I think that that is a safe way, bet to do it. I, I I'm kind of surprised when you also you mentioned Italy and Rome and stuff like this. I said it's not just the governments that seem to be failing. It seems like there's a lot of like the hospital industry, the medical industry, we just went through this. How is it you have all these ambulances lined up outside? Don't you have tents you could set up? Don't you have this? I thought we had all this infrastructure in place. Yeah, and uh, a lot of places, <coughs> and including this country, have gotten rid of the, the, that, that stuff. Said, well, we don't need it anymore. And uh, it's it's not as in place as it should be. I, uh, you know, uh, we get lulled into a false sense of security every time this thing drops down to a very low baseline, but it's so predictable it's going to come back. And and this isn't, I don't think this will be the worst worst one we we see if we don't uh, change our trajectory in the next couple of years. I think we're going to mm-hmm. see even worse outcomes and, uh, and long-term outcomes in terms of long COVID and such. And uh, we did, we've cut back on funding for the research into therapeutics and uh, research into long COVID. All these things that are absolute no-brainers 
in our in scientists' minds across the globe. And uh, you know, Italy's God, what are they thinking? They they did this once before. I don't know if you remember their yeah their surge that they had before. It was just massive, and uh, you would think they would they would learn, but none of the leadership has learned. It's really sad. I think, I mean, I, I, there was a guy in England who made the point. He said, I think what it's going to take for people to take this stuff seriously and start trusting the medical industry again is unfortunately one of these like 1880s wipeouts where, you know, you're looking at 20 percent, you know, of the people that get infected die. You know, something of this magnitude where you go to a, you go to cemeteries from that time and you see 12 children lying in a in, in the cemetery that never made it to six years old. You know, that's it, it, that, that's what it's that, the sad thing is. That's what people feel as if it's going to take for people to realize, well, maybe I shouldn't just sit there and and read a, a Reddit blog. Maybe I should actually trust the medical industry again. And unfortunately, I, I, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be remiss to say i wouldn't be surprised if that is actually what it takes and the, yeah i know if it, if it reaches the mortality of, of something like the bird flu or something like that good gracious people will actually will have no choice but to wake up but yeah. it shouldn't have to come to that but the political pressures have been set in place for too long now and uh, it's hard to break out of that rut uh, get vaccinated. Get everyone should get vaccinated. If you're not feeling, get tested. I mean, they still do offer free tests. A lot of places do offer free tests. You can get those. Uh, but t- test right. yourself. Get vaccinated. And if you were to, you know, un- once again, get the flu, get the COVID, and the RSV, right? Get all three. And um, as far as testing goes, there's there's one test that really stands out, and it's called the Flowflex uh, test that you can get. And uh, that does an excellent job with people that are highly contagious. Um, and the other one is Ongo 1 and 2. Um, these are all available at your local stores. So uh, those are the tests to get for your at-home testing. But, yeah, everybody do your part <laughs> and get active about this. We really need it right now. Be careful out there. Ever. Dr. Joe, as always, it's it's hard it's hard truths, but we need them. I appreciate your time and I appreciate the information. Thank you, my friend. Feelings mutual, Matt. Thank you. Take care. Dr. Joe Eastman. Uh yeah. Uh we'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil show right here on AM nine fifty. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Yeah, so it's been just a delightful show. Happy, Matt's happy fun time, huh? Hey, we got to talk about this stuff, not because not because I'm trying to make people feel. This is just the reality. While people are screaming about border issues or, or, or you know, we, we, we've got, you know, people talking about Trump and stuff like this, there are real dangerous things going on out there. And some of them are short-term, kind of this this whole COVID thing. Some of them are long-term. The, the climate change is really starting to mess with us. And we have to talk with about this stuff, and we have to do something about it, because shrugging our shoulders and just saying, hey, pay attention to the border only, that's not doing us any good. How about a positive story? A positive story to send you on your way today. Delta Airlines has been named the best on-time performance rating among carriers in North America, while Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport has more timely departures than all other global airports. Damn! London-based Surium 
a tracker of aviation analytics, released its 2023 report this week showing Delta's on-time arrival rate last year was 84.72%. For more than 1.6 million flights, Atlanta-based Delta, the largest carrier at MSP, is now ranked as the timeliest carrier in North America for three consecutive years. Um, Only three other airlines, Alaska, American, and and, uh, United Airlines, posted numbers above 80%. the Delta fared well in topping domestics. Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport outshone major global airports with the best on-time departure rate of 84.44. Minneapolis-St. Paul narrowly edged out the India, the, the, the Gandhi International Airport in India, which saw an on-time departure rate of 84.42%. Very calm, very relaxed. Airport on-time department performance is defined by flight departing within 15 minutes of its scheduled departure. So, hey... We got that. Yay. At least you're not waiting at the... Oh, God. Have you been at some of those airports? It's horrible. Uh, Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. That's coming up next. Have a wonderful rest of the day. We're back on a Friday. Till then, see ya.